a saying in the Gemara, which has come to be used contemporarily, but its, new, it's use in the Gemara is much more nuanced and, and has a lot more layers of meaning than, than it has contemporarily. And that's the, the saying of tafasta meruba, lo tafasta, tafasta mua tafasta. If you try and catch on to too much, you've, you've got nothing. And if you catch on to a little, you've got what you've got. What you've got which is the, uh, the, the Jewish version, version of a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Uh, what, what you've got, you are. But it comes from the, from the Gomorrah. And in the Gomorrah, it means something somewhat different. And uh, I, I want to give you a sense of the, of, of the nuances of its, of its meaning uh, and, and why it's important. Um, so this, this, this daf of Gemara daf, hey, we're talking about why a sukkah should not be less than 10 tfokhim. Where do we get that from? We talk about the fact that 10 tfokhim, at 10 tfokhim from the ground, there's an invisible barrier. And uh, Kedusha doesn't come lower than that. And it, it, it's, there's actually a barrier at 10 tfokhim. It's a natural barrier. Uh, if one's sensitive enough, one can feel it, but you can't see it. And the Gemara says, where do we know that from? And we learn it from the... Oren, that Hashem used to come down up to the, on top of the Oren, but we never see him coming lower than that. The Oren was nine tfochim high, and the Kaporis was a tefak, so that's ten tfochim from the ground. Hashem never came lower than that. So the Gemara says, where do we know from that the Kaporis was a tefak? We know that the Oren was nine tfochim, but it doesn't say anywhere that the Kaporis was, was a tefak. So the Gemara says, because um, learn from the, the smallest of the Kalim, which is the... Um, the lip around the around the shulchan, uh, and there we're told that that was a tefach. So there was a kind of a lip around the shulchan. The the top of the shulchan was inserted into that lip and held in place by that misgeret. And that misgeret, that frame, was a tefach high. That's the smallest measure we have in the in the um, kalim of the of the of the mishka. So then the gemara says. Um, the nail of Mikalim Gufayu, why learn from the frame of the table? Look at the Kalim and see which Kli. And by the Kalim, you'll see they're all more than a Tefach. There's no Kli which is only a Tefach. So why learn from the, from, from the Misgeret, which is a piece of the Shulchan, instead of learning from the Kalim themselves, which is more than that? Answers the Gemara Tefasta Meruba, Loi Tefasta Tefasta Mua Tefasta. You've got a little bit, take, take the smaller measure, not the bigger measure. Learning from the. Um, uh, from the uh, the shulchan, learning from the kalim, this is what the Gemara is trying to do here, are all examples of binyanav. We say that the price of Rabbi Shmuel every morning and Kavachomer is one of the ways we extrapolate from the Torah. Kavachomer is a rational way of extrapolation. Then we get to binyanav, which is less rational. Binyanav, we extend the principle from one area of of the Torah into another, although there's no direct application, but it's the closest point of data we can get in the Torah. And because it's the closest point of data, we make a binyanav. We say this is a principle that can be expanded further out. And then, um, the, but, but with binyanav itself, we, then we get further, we get to Xerashova and things like that, which are not rational at all. They're principles, they're axioms given to us in the Torah. Uh, so binyanav, because it's a bit of a gray area, it's not, that, it's not perfectly logical and it's not an axiom, so we're given certain, certain parameters within which to do it. And this is one of the parameters. Tafasta meruba loy tafasta, tafasta mua tafasta. When you're making these kind of somewhat vague comparisons from the framework of the, of the table to the height of a kapuris, why would you connect those two things? Oh, just because you've got nothing else to connect it. It's the closest connection. 
be careful to use the minimum, is the principle. Says Rashi, there, there, there are three different approaches I want to show you in the Rishonim as to what this is about. Rashi is, this is good advice. It's not a principle, and a, it's, it's good advice. What's the advice? Says Rashi, because if you take the smaller measure, and then you find out that you were wrong, you can expand it. You can say, well, it wasn't just the smaller, it's, it's more than that. But, but you're not undone. You're not proven wrong. You're just proven partially right. So it's good for your, your reputation to be partially right than to be wrong. That's an important principle in our lives. If you've got to make a decision uh, and, and you've got a spectrum of possibility, go for the one where you can't be disproved. It's just not good for your reputation. You were talking nonsense to begin with. No, you were okay. You just didn't get the full way. That's okay. That happens to all of us. So you, so you expand. You go further. Start with what you're certain of and allow yourself to go further rather than go far and allow yourself to be disproved completely. It's a principle in, in, in thinking that Rashi, Rashi says. Rabbi Ron Minahar is a, a region that we, we now have more of than we used to, than, than we used to have. I think it's 14th century. Um, when, when Moshe is here, I get a bit embarrassed about talking about the history because Moshe is my Rebbe in, in the history of Rishonim. In Yeshiva, we didn't used to talk about it at all, and I've only learned through my son just how beautiful it is and what an added perspective when you understand the relationships, which is what I've been sharing with you. So you owe a debt of gratitude to, to my history, Rebbe, which is, which is Moshe. Um, and the, um, so, so Rabbein Avro Minahar says, If another Tana, this is going back to the time of the Tanoim and Amoiroim, this is not just a modern rule. Even the Tanoim and Amoiroim worked that way. And they're always afraid. Don't forget, we've often mentioned how Gemara is the development of Aloha. They didn't have a Shulchan Aruch. They didn't have an, uh, an Oitzar Chochme or something, and a Besivta that you can open up and look. They had nothing. They had their minds, and they had their Mesoira, and they had the Chumash. That's all they had. And then the Mishnah, and then the Mishnah. So they're reasoning, and, and they, there's always a concern. I'm reasoning, am I actually right? So right through Gomorrah, you're built on the possibility of being wrong. The whole of Gomorrah is built, and it's the most amazing work when you think of it. An, an entire work built on the possibility of being wrong, and working with the possibility of being wrong, and making decisions with the possibility of being wrong. Or every other area, everybody's sure they're right, and then it's just a question of who really is right. With the Gomorrah, it's always, there's always a possibility I'm wrong. And says the Rabbi Avrom in Ahar, there's always the possibility that another Tano or Amoira will come and show that you're wrong. So do it in such a way that if they show that you're wrong, you're not entirely wrong, you're just partially wrong, so almost like Rashi. But then the Ra'o comes along. The Ra'o is very important for us because the Ra'o is Spain in the um, 13th century, and the Ra'o is a Talmud of the Ramban and a Rebbe of the Ritvo. So he and the Rashbo learn with the Ramban. And they are the school, and we've talked about them before, that really synthesizes the, the Chochmei Sfarad and the Chochmei Ashkenaz. They have access to the, to the wisdom of the Baletosis from France and from Western Europe, and they also have access to the Rif school in, in Sfarad. Um, and they bring this together. So the Ramban, the Rashbo, the Ra'o, the Ridvo, the, the Late on the Run, these, the, these are all people that are really important for us. Um, and the Ra'o says, much more technical, Lefishele meruba ein la shiur, velamiut yesh la shiur. 
you're never sure what the, what the upper limit is. When, the, when there's shiurim, you're talking about the kelim, the besamitish. Do you know that there was no kli that was bigger? The kelim, the besamitish, maybe there's a bit of an exception. But in the other cases, the various gemorahs use, you don't know what the upper limit is. If you don't know what the upper, upper limit is, you can't be certain in any case. The lower limit you know, because it tells you. The minimum is this. Could it be more? Yes, it could be more. And you'll see e- examples of that. Um, for example, the, the Ra'or brings it himself in the case of Zav. If a woman blood flows from a woman for many days, Amrinan, the, the Bryce says there, Yomim Shnaim, days, the plural, that means two. Rabim, many days, that means three. Fachin and the Gemara ask, who says it's three? Maybe Yamim Rabim means many days, months, years, who knows what it is. Ufarkin and Tofastamuat, and then we say Tofastamuat. The time of the Miltam, Rinan Rambe Torres Koenim, and the Torres Koenim says there, Lefishi Lamberuba ain't Loshir. What you're going to say, Rabim means many. How many? You don't know. So, they, so you're in doubt. But if you say Rabim certainly means at least two. Well, it can't mean two because Yomim already means two. Yom means one. Yomim means two. Yomim Rabim means more than two. How much more than two? Well, one thing we know for sure, it's at least three. So the principle of the Fasta Merubah is then say three. Stick with three. Could it mean more than that? Yes, it could mean. But we have a principle in Binyan Av of the Fasta Merubah, a lot of Fasta. Yesh lo od And you can assume the Torah doesn't come to be vague. If the Torah says Yamim Rabim, that could mean many days. How many days? Who knows? That's not the Torah style. So if the Torah is being specific, what is specific about Rabim? One more than Yamim. Yamim is two, Rabim is three. So you're, you're interpreting it to the limit, to the, to the bottom limit, because that's what you can be certain about. And in our Gomorrah here, you could learn from the biggest of the Kalim. So here maybe there is an upper limit. We know what the measures of the Kalim were. So pick the bigger one. This is a middle in the Torah, says the Rao. This is how you learn Binyanav. This is a principle. This is not good advice, as Rashi says. Avoid bad reputation. This is a limit. This is the way you do a Binyanav. You restrict it to the, to the narrowest interpretation you can, because that's all you can be sure of. That's, a, that's how you learn Binyanav. Tosfos said in our last Mesechte in Yuma, um, also was much more technical, like the Rao, the Hatam Kamal Khumra that he talks about different cases, he says, um, when there is an upper limit, you could go Merubah. He disagrees with the Rao there. The Rao says, this is an, a principle and we make it universal. So he says, no, there are examples where there is a clear upper limit. And so there's no uncertainty about it. This is about certainty and uncertainty. So if there's no uncertainty, go the bigger one. Tafasta Merubah, lot of doesn't mean, says Tosfus, never take the bigger number. It means go for clarity. And if there is clarity in the bigger number, go for the bigger number. And also this question of whether it's Lechumra or Lekula, says Tosfus. So we have all these different, different views as to what Tofasta Merubah, Loi Tofasta, but what's important to see is it's a method in interpreting Torah, and it's a method that applies to thinking altogether. Whether we go, the Rashi, these are just different facets, because they're all valid. When you, you actually see this working through uh, all these, the Rishonim, and you see these, they're different facets of the idea, but they don't contradict one another. Rashi says, it's good advice. Don't, don't put yourself in a situation where you have to withdraw completely. 
rather go as far as you can go and understand you might have to go further when more information comes to light. And then we've got um, the, the Ra'o who says, no, this is the way the Torah works. This is an axiom, this is a method of deducing and extrapolating principles from Torah, Binyan Av. In Binyan Av, a subset of Binyan Av is Tafasta Maruba Loi Tafasta. Always go the smaller. And that's why um, we, we, whenever there's a plural in the Torah and we don't have a number associated with the plural, we always say two. It means two. The plural Yomi means two days. Um, and that's one of the ways we interpret the Torah because of Tafasta Maruba Loi Tafasta. And then we've got Tosfus, who says it depends. It's, this is all about certainty. If you can be certain that the bigger number is the right number, go with the bigger number. Go with you're certain with, but don't put yourself in a situation of uncertainty. The first person that I found that extends this principle more metaphorically is the, the Radvaz. The Radvaz, fascinating Poisek, wrote Shailas and Shubas that are very important for us until this day. The Radvaz, born in Spain as a young boy, comes to Israel. Things are very difficult in Yerushalayim at that time. This is during the Gerush. Yerushalayim, there's a lot of poverty. We've talked about it before when I described to you when the Rav came from Italy to Yerushalayim. He couldn't make it in Yerushalayim and went to Egypt where he became the chief rabbi of Egypt for 40 years. He was the, the Posek of Egypt for 40 years and then retired back in Israel and came to Tzfat uh, where he's buried next to the kever of the Mabit who was his Talmud in Egypt. Uh, so he came back to Tzfat and that's where he lived. So he saw a lot in his life, a very long life he lived. And he says, after going through some interesting poskim, which brings the, Ramb- the Rambam, the Sefer Achinuch and others, he says, Hilkach chumrot I don't see a basis This ties into Simon, what we were discussing on Shabbos, my point about the Achronim, the Gdele Achronim, who introduced a concept which we don't find in the Gemara and the Rishonim. I don't find any reason to introduce Chumras that are not in the Rishonim. Rishonim make a Chumra, absolutely. The Gemara, this is absolutely. But to introduce a Chumra that's not in the Rishonim, be happy if the Jews keep the Chumras that the Rishonim came up with. To still add more Chumras for them to be over, no necessity to do that. The Tafasta Meruba, later faster. So he's interpreting the idea of Tafasta, Merubel, Loi Tafasta, still in halachic areas. This is not just a metaphor. He's using this in halacha, the principle being, don't push the boundary to the point where you lose more than you gain. Make a calculation. You're pushing boundaries. It's okay. You can push boundaries up to the point where continued pushing of the boundary is going to cause loss. Then you pull back. And you do that in the area of Psak as well, because if you push too far, the nation will not have what you've given them, and they won't have the old stuff either. They'll abandon everything. And so as poskim, we have to be very careful how we weigh these things up and how we apply them. And that's why each community needs its own posek. Each generation needs its own posek, because that boundary line of how far you can push changes from community to community. In Ranana, you can push to a certain point. In Bnei Brak, you can push much further, and it's not going to make a difference. People will observe. But in Ranana, if you push further... People will stop observing. So you've got to figure out in each community, in each generation, where those lines are. And that's why one can't go running. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was always very Macbeth and Rabbi Shlomo Israel. Not to Eretz Yisrael, they could to Paskin for America and American Paskin to Paskin for Eretz Yisrael. These are different worlds. And the principles of Psak are different. It's not just one Psak for everybody. The, the communities are different, the places are different, and the areas are different as we see as we move through the Rishonim. Why, why do you want to